welcome to Mediator Sandwich with me. Because it's all about William, we have William McCormick from allaboutwilliam.com. And I'm Scotty Mayali, better known as Toden from Toden.com and YouTube.com slash K. If you're watching us on YouTube, please just go ahead, hit that subscribe button, hit that bell. You'll know when we get new videos out. If you're listening to us on whatever you're listening to us on, just let us know. I mean, we're on Stitcher, we're on Podbean, we're on Google, iTunes. You know, um, I don't I don't know what else we're on. We're on, you know, we try to get on as much stuff as we can. Uh, thank you for listening, obviously. Well, today we're going to talk about... We're going to talk about another platform coming out. We have Carrie with us. Hi. That's your time to say hi, guys. Hi, guys. So, Carrie, go ahead. Tell us what platform, uh, what's going on? What what you're doing? What are you working on? So, I'm the president of Martel Broadcasting Systems. We're a C corporation incorporated in Delaware. We've been developing a multi-channel video streaming platform. So it's kind of like uh, YouTube combined with uh, conventional uh, cable TV style TV guide and TV kind of simulated broadcast channels that anybody could use uh, to create and create their own video content, put it out there. Okay, so um, is it video on demand? Yes, there's video on demand. There's also live streaming where there's both. Okay. Uh, one difference would be that you could live stream something into a day parting schedule. So, like, if you wanted to run your own news channel and mix and match that with uh, pre-recorded shows, so you could have like, um, you know, you have pre-recorded shows like Game of Thrones could be mixed in with a news evening news broadcast, uh, as an example. So, see, when I looked at your website, I didn't see too much video on demand. I mostly saw like a TV guide, you know, the old school web TV kind of format right so all um pretty much everything that's been scheduled is on demand it's a pre-recorded show that is being scheduled uh like you would see with uh Mm -hmm. tv or satellite but but if it's scheduled uh, it's not on demand on demand Uh, means i want to watch this show now click right so if you click on the actual name of the station in the guide Mm -hmm. it'll bring up the channel page much like uh, a channel page on youtube and you can watch shows that have been released uh, already that are available for on-demand viewing. Uh, for example, the movie channel uh, Drive Drive In Drive Through Movies. It has like a hundred public domain movies that are available for watching right now. Oh, fantastic! Ooh. Yeah, when I watched through it, I didn't uh, notice that bit. I didn't know that you can actually go through it and watch already released stuff. You can also search like you would on YouTube and um, mm-hmm. find things that have been released already. Uh, we're making it a lot easier. We're just uh, integrated a subscription feed. So once you're subscribed to a station, you can actually see what content has been released that day. Okay, so when you're a station, you can be, you can have a subscriber base, or like, do you get to choose? Like, how does that work? How does your subscriptions work? It's very similar to YouTube. The main difference is that you don't have to subscribe to every channel in order to be able to see in your channel guide. There are some channels that are curated, uh, featured or recommended that are in the guide. But if you do subscribe to a station, it will appear in your feed as well. I thought YouTube uh, was doing away with that uh, in in favor of YouTube Red and their future version of Patreon. 
yeah, uh, we'll see how that goes for them. Yeah. Um, but by doing that, you know, with YouTube uh, Red, most channel creators are not going to be part of Red. Mm -hmm. uh, they're not original programs. And when you, so it's basically whatever they've been making, and then they get a very small sliver of the big pool of the money that's been designated to give to channel creators. The way they pay out is by watch time. Like how many people that are subscribed to Red watch your channel? And then they decide how much of that money you're going to receive. For most creators, they probably would make more money if they just had ads running in the first place. Uh, it's only really large creators that benefit by that system. Yeah, I, I've i seen a huge down in, in our revenue. Yeah, right. um, but I've even seen a bigger down when they said that they're not charging advertisers as much. And not to mention marking so many videos as not ad-friendly. It's funny because I could put a video up. And before it's even released, uh, without a title, without any metadata, it just says not suitable for all uh, for all advertisers. And I'm like, what are you basing this on? I don't so, understand. So from from what I understand, uh, from what I've heard through the, the grapevine, they had artificial intelligence uh, trained by people that are the same people that are part of the little uh, – I forget what they're called, but the little uh, watchdog groups on Twitter. Um, and we can see how well that's worked out for Twitter, right? Mm -hmm. So they've basically had these people um, that the YouTube Heroes program, I think is what they called it. Yeah, so yeah. I remember when that came <laughs> out and it looked like too much work for me to be part of the, <laughs> the Watch Brotherhood. Um, I didn't see much of a reward system. Um, on so, it. so whatever these people were flagging is what the AI was trained to flag for. Mm -hmm. And <laughs> we can see the result of that, right? When it was yeah. uh, released into the wild on every video on YouTube. Right. Yeah. I know anything with the word zombie in it is automatically flagged. So there goes <laughs> a lot yeah. of my charity events uh, and family friendly uh, charity events. Most of my uh, uh, learn programming videos got flagged. Um, a lot of our interviews uh, are getting flagged. Uh, I know. I know one of the reasons why the Zimmerman interview was flagged was because we mentioned the Flint water crisis, which it's really hard not to mention that when you're in Flint talking to a person that runs a business based on advertising, and he can't run restaurant advertisements because obviously they're getting hit by the Flint water crisis. You know, it's hard not to mention it. I, I don't yeah. see why you would not mention it when you're talking about educating an audience. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I mean, and the, this is so these are some of the reasons why you've created this platform, obviously. It is. It is. I mean, trying to police the entire internet is a, is a losing strategy, no matter how you go about it. One mm -hmm. of the key problems with YouTube is that the only reason they need to police everything is because they're in charge of selling all the advertising, except for. You know, a very premium handful, a dozen or so big MCNs or major uh, content companies, they can do, they can sell their own advertising onto YouTube. But the problem is still that they, uh, YouTube takes 45% of that money. But for everybody else, you know, YouTube is in charge of selling your ads for you. You have no idea what the ads are. You have no idea what you even will sell for. So you're not even controlling your finances. But on top of that, because YouTube is, like they can't even tell advertisers exactly what uh, videos that their ads are going to come on ahead of time because it's just way too much. 
And that's part of the problem with their business strategy. With us, we're actually empowering uh, channel owners to sell their own ad inventory. So they can work with the existing brands and sponsors that they have, and now they can sell integrated, uh, not just an integrated brand deal, but also recyclable ad inventory. You can do your own pre-rolls, your own mid-rolls, you know, whatever price you want with whatever partners you want to work with. And do you help connect with partners? Oh, sure. Um, we're going to have uh, something very similar to AdWords for Video. That's part of the system. Um, advertisers will be able to search it for stock that the channel owner themselves has said, I will sell this through the, uh, the auction system. So that's one way that people can uh, get connected to brands that are interested. You know, maybe somebody bought um, some ads on a channel and they're like, yeah, this is doing pretty well. I'll directly reach out and try to get a better deal directly with uh, that channel. And that's fine because our, our primary means of revenue is not intended to be getting a cut of everybody's uh, cookie jar. You know, we're not trying to take everybody's ad revenue. Our, our model is a lot more similar to traditional television. We're going to operate our own channels where we're selling our own ad inventory. We are going to have some premium uh, channel bundles that people can subscribe to. We'll take a cut of those subscriptions and uh, pay-per-view and things like that. Okay. I see this going a few different ways. First, I want to address what I consider the elephant in the room when we talk about uh, web TV. Because when I first look at it, I know you said you're changing some designs uh, with the site to make it more obvious that there is video on demand. Uh, But as right now, when I look at it, it reminds me of cable TV, uh, where I'm just going to see what's on right now. And of course, that reminds me of the traditional web TV, which is still around. I mean, the its heyday was the early 2000s and people still trying to, you know, create platforms like, oh no, we don't have video on demand. We just have whatever's on at this time. Um, I know uh, our other host who's not here today, Crazy Mark has been on several of those. Um, he, you know, his, his public access show gets picked up on those every once in a while. And it just, it just reminds me of sitting in a room with a bunch of other broadcasters, uh, we're supposed to have in a workshop, and it comes to free, free, uh, free form time. And guys get up and go, "Hey, we want to talk about our platform. We have web TV. We have new TV." And they spend the next fifteen minutes telling us why we should not have video on demand, and just schedule our stuff on their on their thing, which has no advertising, not promoted. Uh, <laughs> And they just seemed out of touch. They don't know anything about YouTube, anything about social media. Um, since you're going against that, and it sounds like, and I know you have background in these things, how would you defend yourself when being compared to the old 2000s version of web TV? What's, you know, it I just mean, we're, feels we're outdated. Not just, uh, we're not just taking one signal from a studio and broadcasting out like, uh, with those systems. Um, well, neither were they. You go in there and you put in your videos and you create your own channel or you at least uh, uh, talk with them and they and they put your videos on the appropriate channel. Um, so it was very much, you know, web TV. It was their own cable system, you know, just on a website. It was sure. just all scheduled. But it sounds like I, I don't know exactly which uh, services you're, you're referring to. I yeah, I'm kind of bunching together like about that. at least like you know at least seven or eight that I've played around with. Most and there's still a lot of them around, but most of them are religious services ones that for old people that still haven't caught up uh, on just technology. 
Because, you know, YouTube's right. evil. Yeah. Yeah, so um, we're trying to combine the, the future of television, which is, or rather the present, I suppose, the things that are video on demand, internet-driven streaming, uh, with the more traditional uh, capabilities of a television broadcasting network. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's all through the internet, right? We're not broadcasting things into space and then beaming it back down into people's houses. Um, the day schedule is good for creation so that you can create and help uh, encourage um, audiences to find new content. So they actually know when something comes out, there's a release schedule of things. Mm-hmm. It's easier to recycle uh, older content and get it to new fresh eyes. But there's still video on demand, right? You can still go to the channel page. You can still search for things that have already been released and watch it on demand. It's both. And I think with our interface, uh, we're constantly improving the graphics. But the the general logistics of it is, is there. We just need to teach people how to use it, I think. Yeah, that, probably, I think that's like pretty cool. We're thinking to click on the logo of the, the channel to find the channel page. Yeah, I think that's pretty cool because it, it gives the people a new way to discover new content instead yeah. of here's a bunch of stuff that's already been seen millions of times. Maybe you want to uh-huh. follow the super popular people. I've always said my favorite um, aspect of YouTube, which they no longer have, but the old school YouTube, you'd be able to just scroll and say, I want to watch the newly uploaded. And of course, at that point, it was only 48 hours every minute. Now it's like three weeks every minute. Something worth like of, Yeah, three weeks worth of videos every minute. You know, and I tell them I would like something like this again. They go, dude, you're mad. It's like, no, don't have it auto-populate. <laughs> if it's not auto-populating, then I could scroll down just like, okay, these are still brand new videos. Especially if you get to choose the language and things like that. Yeah. Brand new videos. Nobody's commented on them. I'm the first to find them. Some people appreciate that. Some people don't. But in back, you know, that's one way to create a new audience is just by finding other people and just be like, hey, I found you completely randomly. You know, and that's how I, I used to find a lot of people, actually, mm-hmm. just completely randomly. Yeah, there, yeah, there's a podcast app I love where where it does pretty much what Carrie's describing. I mean, they do have live shows, but since I listen at 6.30 in the morning, 7 a.m. in the morning, none of them are live, so they're just rebroadcasting older shows. So I flip through their channels, and I find, you know, and I, I learn new things. I learn new new podcasts, which is pretty cool. Yeah. And we've talked about creating our own app like that, so it's not just the same 15 to 30 podcasts. We'll, we'll be talking in the hundreds and thousands. Okay. A podcast, but that's down the road if it ever happens. <laughs> Please don't steal my ideas. Um, <laughs> I'll try not to. Uh, what new books have you uh, written? How many books do you have on the Amazon store right now? Oh, geez, I don't know. Probably a dozen. Um, I haven't honestly been working on a lot of books mm-hmm. for publishing through Amazon right now. What I have been working on is uh, a book that is designed to. Um, explain how to use our, our app or properly to run a business with it and so forth. Like the, the vision behind, you know, how would you run a virtual TV station? What kind of features can you do and walk people through that? That's mm-hmm. probably going to be given out for free. It's going to be, I don't know, maybe a hundred pages, but I'll just give it out for free as a PDF. So you're working on a playbook of sorts, which uh, kind of, 
it, this one's focused more on Zenith, though. Uh, well, uh, yeah, obviously, this on, is just happens yeah. to be the first playbook <laughs> that I found. Yeah. I got I got one for G Box up there. I got one. I don't know if they're even still around. I never gave them the time of day. I got one for another failed video service that's probably not around anymore. You know, it it, it is a great tool. Having physical print books and then handing them out, it's a great tool, especially if you have a bunch of topics, other things in there. I know the G-Book thing is G-Box. Uh, you probably have no idea what I'm talking about. They actually had some really cool stuff in their book. They actually spent a lot of time. Too bad all the salespeople I talked to didn't know anything about their own their own platform. <laughs> um, I was at a party. Uh, Harry was there too. Um, oh yeah. Yeah, yeah. We're yeah. It was about three years ago at VidCon. We randomly got invited to uh, to this party while hanging out in the Vimeo room, and it was oh, it was cool. it was interesting. Um, you ask them what G-Box is, and you ask five different uh, their people, five different members of their staff. Every one of them gave you a different answer. A lot of those parties are just trying to create a memorable experience, you know. You know, I couldn't quite figure out who their audience is. Now, who's your audience? Our audience is uh, tiered. You know, of course, we have viewers, right? People who want to watch the content. But uh, our primary audience, I think, right now is, is creators, getting people who are – you know, I've built a sizable audience on somewhere like YouTube, mm -hmm. and they are having trouble monetizing it either because they're getting flagged by the new AI or uh, their content just is not easy to monetize on YouTube. It's very niche, perhaps, and they would rather work directly with advertisers. But the problem is that if they make their own website, they have their own video hosting app or whatever, um, they're, they're cut off from the ecosystem of other channels and that collective group of users. So you need to have another market, which is what YouTube really is. It's kind of a, a market for people to watch content. And it has an ecosystem. But if I just make my own, you know, my own little site with my own videos, I'm cut off from that ecosystem. So we need to rec recreate that ecosystem within Zenither, which is what we're trying to do with the features. We have chat and uh, commenting coming and uh, very, an algorithm to help recommend stuff that's local-based. So if somebody is broadcasting near you, you would actually be able to see that. That's really cool. That's I, nice. Yeah, I, I like the location features. That's another feature I always wanted out of YouTube. Who's near me? Not that I want to stalk anybody. <laughs> I just want to know who can I collab with? What's going on? Maybe there, you know, maybe there's ways to get together. I mean, that's something we worked on a lot. Um, when we're you know, yeah, when we're, we're doing, doing more stuff. YouTube stuff. Yeah, it even there's, there's value for collaborations certainly, but for viewers, I mean, it's really hard to find local interest-based content, mm -hmm. like a local news show. Like, how do you find local news on YouTube? I mean, it's, it's possible. Right, um, and no. and the fact that, you know, on this show, we talk a lot about events. We're all convention goers, and we do, you know, each one of us has our own thing. I'm sure you're somewhat at least familiar with, with my videos. Mm -hmm. You know, I do video, William does photography, yep. Mark does public access. And we all cover events and we all get, you know, press passes to events. And, you know, that's how we that's how we all met. And right. so that's actually really cool because people local, we hear all the time. Doesn't matter where you're at. You hear it no matter where you go. There's nothing to do here. You know, 
we're in we're in the Detroit area. There's so much stuff going on, and people act like I don't have any money. We go to three dollar conventions all the time. We go to free conventions. We go to parades. We go to all this stuff, and people are like, you know, they say that doesn't sound like me. Okay, well, here's our videos. Here's our pictures. You tell me if this seems like. And we've gotten, you know, I've had people go to zombie walks that I've never advertised, and they say we went there because of your video. Wow. Or they've came and found me because of my videos. Uh, and you were telling me that you talked to a vendor that said they, you know, or a, a person that, or a vendor, I forgot who it was, uh, that they found their shops through my videos from cons. Oh, yeah, yeah, they did. Yeah. Uh, it was one of the vendors, yeah. Yeah, I need to start <laughs> getting sponsors by some of these. <laughs> no, no, it's great. I mean, that's how I, that's how I pay them back for the press passes, really. Yeah. And that's yeah. why they like having me and like having you there as and, well. And I also had talked to a, a, a person that was like, I saw this one vendor, didn't know where it was, and I watched, I think it was your video. Mm-hmm. And he was like, oh, I just found the little card that you got a video of. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I... I'm sorry. I know we got off a topic a little, a little bit. Yeah, director's cut. It happens. You know, I'm curious about corporate applications, such as, you know, digital signage is a big thing. Digital signage is like companies having their own TV channel within their store, within their, you know, internal, you know, their internal video, meaning video that's, you know, you know, sometimes some companies have videos up in cubicles or in cubicle land just playing internal stuff, whether it be numbers for the day or it's just internal news for the company. Is there, Are you offering solutions? Because digital signage can be very expensive to, to, to companies, uh, you know, versus just hooking up a Raspberry Pi connected to Wi-Fi on the back of a TV. Um, do you have, you know, is that something you're working on? Yeah, so we have uh, we have mobile apps. They're going to be coming out about January, February-ish, once most of the core features for the website version are done because we're just mm-hmm. bringing that over to the, the uh, mobile apps. But um, GPS, uh, proximity, location, geolocations, uh, caching, that's part of uh, part of the scheduling for and recommendation for stations. So, okay. so uh, in layman's for terms, to find in it. layman's so- terms, as a station owner, you could set it so that people will uh, be able to watch this and get recommended if they're in a certain GPS location. So let's say like a Walmart store or a McDonald's location. See, that sounds there, great yeah. for advertising. Yeah. I hate to cut so you off, but that, you in, not quite what I was yeah. asking, but that's amazing for advertising. So if you're walking by a store, hey, you should check out, you know, uh, um, Harry the Hatter's, uh, you know, channel about his hats. Right. Which, so by the way, is an awesome store. I know they closed down the Detroit location, but they're still in Southfield, and apparently they might be in Eastern uh, uh, Eastern Market uh, in the next coming months, hopefully. Oh. Um, Harry the Hatter is a fantastic hat store. Absolutely amazing. But anyways. <laughs> yeah, but yeah. No, so I'm talking about, idea. like, let's say You enter a location, a... you get recommended, you know, that station within the app yeah. to, to watch it. So versus having to look for, like, one of these... You know, LCD monitors in a mall, you just go to the mall and there's the mall station with all the advertisements and content that the mall stores are 
currently having to pay uh, to appear in malls. Okay, so let, okay, let me ask you this question. Those. Let's say I'm representing a company. Uh, let's say I have you know 600 employees. Um, I have like two or three floors of a building. It's cubicle land. I have video content that I want to release to them. I want to be on all the TVs. And I want them to all to watch it, but it's internal. I do not want the public to see this, but yet I want all my people to see this. And instead of just streaming to their computers, I want to put it on, you know, perimeter TVs. Can you help I mean, me I, with I, that? I suppose the system could be used to do that. It's not really what it's intended for, but it could do it. Mm -hmm. Well, I'm just, I'm trying to help you make more money. Sure. I totally yeah. see a huge need for this. Yeah. Um, I see more and more companies doing very expensive solutions. And I, I see yeah, a very I mean, great I, growth area in of, that. Uh, software being used for something like that. It has, has value and utility that way. Yeah. That really what uh, it was developed for was developed to uh, solve problems with you know, people being able to watch television uh, on their mobile devices originally. Mm. That was the original idea behind it. I wanted to bring that experience to mobile. I've been, I've been working on this for a long time. I came up with the idea for this back in 2009. So. Okay. Hmm. Um, okay, so it's called Zenither. Yeah. Um, so I'm going to have to go into my naming rant. Uh, I've done this more than once <laughs> on the show, so I'll make it short. Uh, it seems like every time I'm on Kickstarter or Indiegogo or just looking through brand new companies and brand new items, there's three names that keep coming up again and again and again, or two names that I keep seeing um, in my last year. I don't know. I can think of two right now. One is Zoom, which I love their recording products. Zoom recorder right here. We're using Zoom conferencing system, which are two completely com different companies, and I believe they're also a different company than the than their digital sign. There's a digital signage company. I forgot all about that named Zoom, which Plan Fitness use. Oh yeah, that's right. They do, don't they? Right. I forgot all about their digital signage. Um, but yeah, and you see it all the time. The other name is Zenith. Uh, sometimes really? spelled with a Z like the TV, sometimes spelled with an X like the football helmets. And I see that again and again. And I, re you know, when I Googled Zenith, which I think it was, um, uh, do you know what Zenith means? I believe it's something to do with switching and technological advances. No, it's a, it's, it's like a pinnacle. It's the highest point of a thing, I think, uh, has to do with um, time. That was kind of the idea behind the name. You know, okay. I wanted something that was like the pinnacle of uh, internet broadcasting. Right. It's the point in the sky or celestial sphere directly above an observer. The time in right. which something is most beautiful or successful. I saw another, man, I swear I saw another definition somewhere. Um, but no, that's that barely. I, I, uh, apparently I looked up the wrong spelling earlier, but <laughs> possible. Yeah. But, uh, but yeah, so I came up with the idea for Zenither. I was trying to find some name for it. I had been calling it Martel TV as a, mm -hmm. as a placeholder. Cause I couldn't like the names that I wanted. I couldn't, uh, I couldn't get, they were okay. trademarked. The domains were taken, things like that. 
Yeah, and, I just uh, think you put put the er at the end or whatever, you know, just to get around <laughs> copyright. Yeah, I, I saw I saw a trucking company. I was uh, driving home after being in LA for a bit for consulting. I was going back to Texas, and I was on. It's a long drive, right? It's like a three day drive. And I was like, what can I find out here to inspire me for, for a name? And I saw like, it was like Zenith something trucking company. And I was like, that's a good name. So See, it online. keeps being used again and again. It's a co- trucking <laughs> company too. It's also a bicycle line somewhere. So I, so I think I Zoom up, is as well. You know, I looked at the domain, Zenith there was available mm-hmm. and uh, nobody had trademarked it. So I was like, that's great, it's promising. So I, um, you know, I modified our, our logo a bit and Thus, Xenother was born. Uh, we are in the process of trademarking, though. Okay. I, I'm not bashing you at all. It's just, no, it's not, it's just I see these trends, it, and I'm like, it as, uh, it, can it be confusing? At least your name is different than their names. Uh, you know, one yeah. popular law case right now is still uh, Comic-Con. Comic-Com is trademark, right. copyright, 60 different trademarks, I believe, is the last I heard. But yet... Every other comic convention we go to is called Comic Space, Space Con, Con, which right. they, which there are less copyrights for because it's very generic. And some reason San Diego only wants to sue uh, Utah Comic Con, I believe. Yeah. Right. You know, just one of those things. Big difference, I, the, the dash in the space, you know. Well, I mean, the truth is Comic-Con started in Detroit anyway, so yeah. whatever. Yeah, it was called. It was originally called something something fanfare. One of the, one of the problems with the, uh, the trademark and copyright system in this country is sometimes people can trademark things that they really shouldn't have been able to in the first place. And then it becomes not impossible to get it, uh, to get it reversed and removed. Mm-hmm. So. Okay, so if you can get any creator out there describe i don't want any names just describe the type of creator you want uh i'm looking the ideal creator would be someone who is ready to start selling their own recyclable ad inventory Mm -hmm. someone who regularly produces at least one show or has several shows with their production company that they're producing and they're wanting to um really uh, take advantage of uh, curated feed for their content that they can literally, I may not have mentioned this to you before, you can literally take that feed for your station, uh, the departing schedule, you know, this comes out one, two, three, you can embed that into your own website. Mm-hmm. So you don't have to promote our website. You can just promote your own website by embedding that feed into it. People can watch it. Ads will still load. If you had a paid subscription, they would still have to subscribe in order to be able to watch that feed. Um, but we're looking for people that want to take it to the next level. They want control over their finances. They don't want to continue, um, you know, hoping and praying that they make enough money from, you know, YouTube ads that they cover their expenses. They uh, they definitely want to be able to um, control who is watching their content and who is advertising on that content. Does it cost the creator anything to create a channel? No doesn't we do have a perk for investment of a thousand dollars in that case we'll uh, give them more features than they normally might have had that's mostly because there's people that want to have a station with us but they don't have any content they don't have any audiences they just think it's a cool idea 
then they want, they're asking me like, can I get a station now and then be able to sell it in the future? I'm like, sure, thousand dollars, you can do that. Uh, we'll also pay for their hosting because right now we're not offering hosting to everybody like YouTube is. The finances just aren't in place for that. We support scheduling from JW Player and from YouTube. So if you want to keep your inventory on YouTube and then roll ads against that, you could do that. Uh, but you could also pay for your own bandwidth with JW Player and then do a premium subscription uh, service with your station. Hmm. Uh, we will be offering video hosting. Uh, that'll probably come around, I would say, March or April. And that's uh, probably going to be done at cost. Not, we're going to have to charge some fee for it. Uh, unless we you know we raise like a billion dollars or something, you know. Mm -hmm. um, but it would be done at cost, and we done in such a way that people would definitely be above water with the costs of providing, you know, the video hosting versus how much money they're able to make with ads. Okay, so I could curate a channel, and I can put up my videos, and if I partner with other people, I can put up their videos as well, and we can create our own channel. Correct. Right. Okay, exactly. so do you have a system to find people that stealing copyrighted material? Well, no, we don't have content ID or anything like that. Uh, our process is a little bit more. Um, we're not just letting everybody make uh, a publish have publisher accounts. What it is, the publisher account lets you manage multiple stations and get all, access to all these features mm -hmm. um, versus viewer, which anybody can have a viewer account subscribe to stuff. Uh, we're being more restrictive. We're approving everybody right now for publisher accounts. So I don't really see that being a problem. If somebody's uploading stuff and they don't have a license for it, we get a complaint. You know, we can look into that. But we're not trying to implement content IT because content ID is so, a mess. It, it's okay, a, it's so if I come a, up a very good system. Okay, so if I come up and I'm like, okay, I want a channel. Does that mean you're gonna you're gonna ask? Okay, can I see? what video you're going to put on like can i see your your you know a backlog of content and then right, someone physically the goes through it yeah i well not through the whole thing we're going to look at most of the catalog that's a sample of it to mm -hmm. see what kind of content there's on there if they start doing piracy we're going to hear about it because somebody's going to complain to us about it and then we'll look at that content and be like do you have a license for this do you have permission to use this if they don't then we're going to be like well you need to take that off you know because you're going to get sued we're not going to get sued because we're probably not hosting the video content itself, but we're a distributor, so uh, people are going to complain to us about it. Okay. No, content ID, the problem with content ID is this. It's, it's heavily abused within YouTube, so there's all this content that's in the public domain, and people are putting that into content ID, and YouTube is not policing it because, you know, there's thousands and thousands of companies that are doing this with millions of listings. They're putting everything imaginable, music, films radio programs all kinds of stuff in the public domain yep you know, uh, at least once a NASA, month uh, they have nasa footage in the in cotton id you know yeah. it's it's ridiculous at least once that's, uh, that's something we don't want to deal with at least once a month i have to defend uh music uh at least you know there's times where i've had to defend the same song from at least six different companies from a public domain that's completely public domain i've had to defend another song uh that other people have taken and used within their music when you know because it was like one simple beat and then i've heard in three other songs where it's been layered Right. But I have permission from the actual artist that created it. Then he went on to to you know allow other people with 
you know, with, with Creative Commons, allow yeah. other people to use it within their mixes. But I actually have, you know, you know, permission to use that one line from him and, you know, with the original music. And there's also music I pay for that still get content ID from other companies. Yeah. Whoever, know, when I search them, I just see scam, scam, scam. Yeah. You know, right. it, so, it's just, and if you don't notice it, you're going to lose monetization to these companies. Yeah, so Con ID was implemented as a uh, result of the lawsuit that you, uh, Google had from all the music publishers and the TV networks. It was created so that they would stop getting sued. It wasn't created to make YouTube a better place for content creators. It, and it's definitely not been improved upon since it was first implemented. I can definitely tell you that. It's still, you know, the way that it was implemented back in, I think it was like 2009. Um, it, it's not a good system, and I think it creates a lot of problems within the ecosystem. Uh, I don't intend to have anything like that in Zenith or ever. So one thing we have going on here is we have questions from a hat. So I there's like 30, 40 questions in here, and other people can put questions in here just by emailing podcasts at medialayersandwich.com or go to our Facebook group, medialayersandwich.com, and just submit questions. And if we read one of your questions, uh, we'll have your name on the, on the printable question, so we'll give you a shout-out. And I, once again, thank you to uh, Carl Marshner for helping us uh, get all these questions. And he submitted a bunch of them as well. You can find them at Carl Marshner Photo, I believe. Okay, so the question I just pulled out. Oh, this is a good one for you because you're constantly, you said your studio's in Denver or your, the that's where the servers are? Um, our servers are with Amazon Web Servers right now. Okay. Uh, but we're... We're based out of Delaware. Delaware. Our company's incorporated in Delaware. Okay. And I know, where are you right now? Aren't you in California? Uh, I'm currently in Arizona, actually. Arizona. Every time I talk to you, you're in different states. I know. I know. I, I travel everywhere. a lot. <laughs> so our question is, when you're on the go, or what is your go-to what is your go-to grub when you're out on the road? How do you My eat when you're grub. when you're driving back and forth? So this is uh, not the best question for me because I've been dieting lately. I I, I don't know. If I think it's a great question because it's so hard to <laughs> diet when you're when you're going. To, I mean, it's so hard to stay in shape when you're constantly in a car. So, I mean, because you're hungry did, uh, and there's a McDonald's in there. I think that's the best question. How do you do it then if you're staying on your diet? So I eat one Subway sandwich a day, and mm -hmm. I, it's very specific. What I have, I have the turkey. Uh, foot lawn, uh, whole grain wheat, and I don't have any oils or sauces or anything like that on it. It's just the turkey, it's lettuce, tomatoes, black olives, and cucumbers. And that's it. Okay. So um, anything about Zenither you really want to talk about? I mean, there's lots of things about it I could talk about forever, but um, some of it sometimes gets boring. Um, the thing I think is most important for people to understand is that uh, – Every, everything that was new, uh, people didn't expect. You know, Nobody expected MySpace. Nobody expected Facebook after that. Nobody expected YouTube in the first place. Um, there's some people that come out and they see them like, yeah, that's different than what I'm used to. But you know, all this stuff was different until people really started using it. You know, when Vine first came out, I thought nobody was going to oh, That was stupid. You know, was, yeah, who's going to make seven-second yeah, videos? What are you right? going to do with that? And one of the most exciting things about this is that I'm, we're giving the tools that 
huge companies, you know, major broadcasters have, it's all virtualized now. It's you can run with a, a laptop. We're talking, you know, tens of millions of dollars worth of equipment is now confined to a laptop mm-hmm. and it's free to access. All you have to do is, is use it and be creative with it and see what you can, can do that might be very innovative with it. It's a tool uh, and it's a box and it looks a little plain now because it's mostly just our, our demo stations that we're running. But I really think it can be something, you know, very special and needed for a lot of creators who just aren't getting their, their needs met in existing platforms like YouTube. People are jumping to Facebook, but Facebook is not going to give everybody money. They're just not going to do that. That's not their model. You know, they're, they're just like Google. They're selling the ads for you. If you want to control your business, you need to be able to control all aspects of the finances. You're not going to be able to do that with Facebook or Amazon or YouTube. Mm-hmm. Well said. Uh, one more time, tell us where they could find you. Yeah, so Zenither can be found at uh, www.zenither.tv to see the app. Um, you can also go to our Start Engine page. It's a much longer URL. Um, but if you go to Start Engine, which is our investment uh, funding portal, you'll be able to find our company, Martel Broadcasting Systems. And uh, if you want to make an investment, you can definitely do that. We'll welcome you on board as an investor in this exciting company. We really think this is going to be huge. And uh, we do have commitments from um, traditional investor types. At least 150000 is already dedicated to us. So development is, is ongoing until... You mentioned you know, Zenither.tv. You don't own the .com? I do own the .com, but the .com right now is being used as an info page for okay. the investment stuff. Okay. So we're using .tv right now. It, it'll it regrets over. Um, my intent really is for people to primarily watch it through mobile apps and smart TV apps. Um, not necessarily through the web page itself, but the website is being created first so that we get all the features done and, and refined and then do the mobile apps. I think um, if we did a really bad job of the mobile apps, people would really turn it off. But with the website, we can make more mistakes and, and figure, figure things out before we do the mobile apps. All right. Makes mm. sense. Yep. With me is William from allaboutwilliam.com. And I'm Toden from Toden.com. You can find us. Uh, we're probably already did the Adrian Comic Con by the time this came out. I probably already uh, did Motor City Black Age for myself. Yep. Um, um, the Taylor Comic Con be next, which you said you won't be there either. I might. It depends on how it's scheduling where okay. my day job is. Okay. So the Taylor Comic Con, uh, December 16th in Taylor, Michigan, uh, will be there. Well, I believe we're presenting as well as having a table. Uh, we might actually be selling something too. We'll f- come find out. Uh, thank you for watching. Thank you for listening. Carrie, thank you for coming on our show. And may the algorithm be in your favor. Yeah, thanks. <laughs> thank you.